The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, let's see if I can say this right. There's lots to look forward to in the sky over the next uh, few days. The Perseid meteor shower peaks this weekend, like tonight and tomorrow night. And on the morning of Monday, August 21st, there will be a once-in-a-lifetime solar eclipse. To find out more... Uh, who else would we go to but Frank Florian, the director of Planetarium and Space Sciences at the TELUS World of Science. Hi, Frank. Hi, Jalen. Are you on a mountain somewhere in Jasper? Uh, not not quite. No, I'm just parked uh, at Pine Bungalows where I'm staying for the weekend. Okay, so tell me what you're doing out there. You're leading like a meteor retreat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the past few years now, I've been going at Pine Bungalows uh, in Jasper. It's nice and dark right by the Athabasca River, setting up some telescopes and doing a meteor watch with uh, with people. So uh, the Perseid meteor shower is the summer's best meteor shower, and we're better than a nice location like Jasper to view it from. Absolutely. So tell us about these meteors and this meteor shower. W- what is it, and why do they come around every year? <laughs> well, first off, they come around every year because the Earth passes through a particular region in space uh, in our solar system uh, where a comet by the name of Swift-Tuttle actually passed by. So this comet, uh, every year around this time, we are passing through this cometary material in this part of the Earth's orbit. Uh, now, this car- comet comes around every so often. The last time it came into the inner solar system was back in 1992. It won't come into the inner solar system again until about the year 2126, so oh, wow. a long wait. But uh, after the 1992 uh, inner solar system visit, there was more material left behind by the comet. So the meteor shower for a few years after 1992 got really, really strong. There's a lot of stuff we were passing through. Right now, it still is pretty great. And again, it is still the summer's best meteor shower. And it's caused when the Earth passes through this material left behind by a comet. And and they they peak, I believe, tonight and tomorrow. So what does that mean for, you know, for, um, for the sky watchers? How many can we see? What should we be watching for, Frank? All right, so basically the number of meteors you can see on any night is with the moon up in the sky uh, this weekend, it's going to hinder it a little bit, but you should still be able to see around 50 to maybe 70 meteors per hour. Uh, they appear as little streaks of light in the sky, uh, so you'll look up and all of a sudden see a flash of light, a little streak uh, out of the corner of your eye maybe, or maybe you're looking in the right direction, you'll see it head on. Uh, and these are all these little bits of material burning up through the Earth's atmosphere. These are really small, fine grains of material, like uh, on the order of a grain of sand, maybe sometimes a little bigger, maybe like a marble, but no bigger than that. Uh, they're, they're pretty tiny, and they don't make it down to the ground because they are so tiny, but uh, they do create this incredible light show. Is there a, a certain part of the sky that we should be uh, watching this for? Well, in the early evening, when it starts getting dark, you'll start to see uh, meteors like high above you and then off towards the north, uh, east part of the sky. These meteors seem to are kind of come out of a particular part of the sky near the constellation of Perseus, and that's why we call it the Perseid meteor shower. Now, as uh, the night goes on, the constellation of Perseus gains elevation from moving up from the northeastern part of the sky to morning before sunrise, look straight overhead, you'll see Perseus there, and that's when it seems to rain down right on you. Okay. But uh, these meteors uh, in the, uh, throughout the night can be seen anywhere in the sky, not in any one location, but they will radiate away from that constellation of Perseus. Okay, very good. And then, so as we mentioned, tonight, tomorrow, and those are, that's, that's the peak, right? 
Yeah, you'll still see some meteors uh, after that, but not as many associated okay. with the uh, Perseid meteor shower. So tonight and tomorrow night are the two best nights near the peak period of the Perseid meteor shower. Uh, great opportunity to get out there with the clear skies and the warm weather to actually do some meteor uh, watching tonight. Very cool. Looking forward to it. Now let's talk about this eclipse. I know you're, you're telling me that you're heading down to Idaho to watch it. Why is this such a biggie? Well, this is a, a rare one. This is a total solar eclipse. And uh, for any one location on the Earth, a total solar eclipse happens maybe once every once in 400 years. Yeah. Uh, so what that means is that, you know, these are kind of rare events. It's when the moon goes in between the sun and the Earth. And if you're in a very narrow path along the Earth somewhere, in this case, uh, throughout the, the United States, uh, across a narrow band that stretches from the northwest uh, coast from Oregon, uh, all the way down to from Washington, Oregon area, down to uh, the Carol- uh, South Carolina and Charleston. So it goes right across the intercontinental U.S., uh, starting off at the northwestern uh, coast and ending off, off the southeastern coast. And in this very narrow band, which is only about 100 kilometers or so in width, uh, you can actually see a very spectacular total solar eclipse where the moon totally covers the entire disk of the sun, turning day to night. So you were saying that this is like a one in a 400 year thing. So you've not seen one of these before. Uh, I did. There for any one location. Oh, on for the one location. Point. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So, say um, I, the first one I got to see of a total solar eclipse happened back in 1991 on July 11th, 1991. I had to go to Mazatlan, Mexico, a nice place to go <laughs> visit and uh, actually see a total solar eclipse there. It was quite incredible. Uh, we were right on the, uh, the Pacific Ocean there, so you can see the shadow of the moon encroaching upon us land dwellers as it kind of came across the Pacific Ocean, and then it turned night to day for about seven minutes uh, for that particular eclipse, and then uh, uh, it started to unravel itself again. The, the moon started to uh, move off the disk of the sun, and uh, you get back to the partial phases. Yeah. Uh, this one down in the States is about uh, anywhere from about two minutes to about uh, two and a half minutes if you're on the center line, anywhere uh, further away from the center line, that 100-kilometer kind of uh, width of uh, area, then you see less and less of a total solar eclipse in that region. And for all of Canada and most of the U.S. and Mexico, it's going to be a partial solar eclipse. Okay. Uh, for a total solar eclipse, when the moon totally covers up the sun, you can look up the sun and the moon together and see this incredible sight, the sun's corona's outer atmosphere around this dark silhouette of the moon. Beautiful, but beautiful. But for partial eclipse viewers, uh, you have to use special uh, filtered glasses or proper filters on telescopes and things like that to view it. Okay, so I was going to talk to you about what we could possibly see here in Edmonton then. So it's going to be partial, and yeah. and, 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 um, and what time should we be looking out for this? Yeah, this, this is an early morning Monday, August 21st event. It starts at uh, 10.24 a.m., and then uh, the, that's when the moon just starts to cover the sun's disk and then around 11 um, 35 or so uh, that's mid-eclipse so basically the the uh, moon covers about 68 percent of the sun's area uh, at that particular time and then by 12 49 in the afternoon uh, the moon totally is off or appears to be off the disk of the sun Very so cool. it's uh, that's when it's all over from Edmonton's perspective it's and if you're further south like in Calgary you get to see a little bit of a deeper eclipse up okay. to about uh, 80 percent and again you need to do this and watch it safely right that's right yeah the telescope of science Edmonton in conjunction with the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada will have telescopes with solar filters set up around the observatory at the telescope of science Edmonton so people can come out there in the morning if they have time and we can show a magnified view of the sun safely for everyone and see the moon uh, we'll also um, 
through the Royal Songs Society of Canada, be handing out some free solar eclipse classes just on that morning and until supplies run out. So we do have a few, one per family, okay. uh, that we'll hand out. Uh, those are also available. We have a very limited supply in our gift shop at the Science Centre. Uh, so you can buy some there. I think we only have 500 left. So we, we have thousands, but the, <laughs> it's been very popular. And, and these uh, glasses will allow you to look at the sun safely. Oh, fantastic. Now, it, it's just, I you know, if you've experienced something like this, and you know, it's a partial uh, solar eclipse in your lifetime, if you've watched it, there's a... It's it's really amazing to watch, but there's almost this, I don't want to say creepy factor. I think it's maybe eerie factor. And you can see why hundreds or thousands of years ago, people probably freaked out when these things happened. Oh, for sure. For a total solar eclipse, like when you actually see day turn to night, when the moon totally covers up the sun, that is really an eerie sight. And mm-hmm. I recommend it to anyone to, on, uh, for future solar eclipses. So they, again, they happen all over the world, but sometimes very... Uh, faraway places, distant places like Antarctica. Uh, but get out there and if you can, go see a total solar eclipse. Yeah, under those conditions when the moon totally obscures the sun, it is a, a really awe-inspiring kind of sight. Uh, you know, it's something that you remember for a long, long time. A partial eclipse, again, uh, up to 68%, you're not going to notice any really difference in the, the brightness outside or anything. It's just like an ordinary summer day for for people like that. But again, it's when you get closer to, again, the higher percentages, you know, up to 90 and 95% or more, that uh, the landscape does start to take on a bit of an eerie kind of orange glow at yeah. that time. Yeah, very cool. Well, Frankie, I can't wait to hear uh, about uh, your trip down. I think you're just telling me Idaho uh, to, to watch the eclipse and uh, enjoy it. I know you will. Thank you so much for taking time out of uh, your schedule today out in Jasper to join us. No problem, Jaylen. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's, uh, all I can say is keep looking up. I sure will. Thanks, Frank. That's Frank Florian, the Director, Planetarium and Space Sciences, also the VP of Science at the TELUS World of Science, talking about the Perseid meteor shower, which peaks tonight and tomorrow in Edmonton, and then that uh, eclipse, which is taking place on the morning of Monday, August 21st. Now, do you remember... Now, I remember being in grade 3... In Belleville, Ontario, so kind of southeastern Ontario on the Bay of Quinty, it was Mr. Thornton's grade three class. And there was, I'm sure, a total eclipse. And there was just such concern and worry about it that, um, you know, we had to stay inside during it all, couldn't look outside because you didn't want to hurt your eyes and all of the things with um, with the, the glasses and all of that. But I remember that so clearly, but I don't necessarily remember it being an enjoyable experience or learning anything about it. Just remember being scared. Um, You know, the teachers almost uh, made us scared. You know, make sure you don't do this. If there's anything else, just don't look outside. I don't remember learning about it, though, and I think that's a a shame. But uh, anyway, it was a long time ago. Grade three. Whoa. Andrew is back on Monday. He just texted in, wanted to know who the heck coach was. <laughs> it's 3.20. Uh, where can you get the solar eclipse glasses? Can you please repeat the information? You can get them at Telus World of Science. And we did have another question about how a tiny particle of dust from the, um, the, the comet's trail... Yes result in a meteor and frank explained it to jeebird yeah, who's how, now going to try to explain it to us how it can light up the sky yeah okay so the tiny speck is traveling at approximately 60 kilometers an hour and when it hits the earth's atmosphere 
there's that friction, okay. and that friction causes the glow. So think of when when the um, shuttle would yes. come into the is coming back into the Earth's atmosphere, and you see that that glow that comes off of it. It's the friction that causes the glow on that tiny particle. Yeah, and this so it's the speed and the the friction yeah. that causes that glow. I love that. In I that love you teeny, know teeny tiny little particle. The, the shooting stars. I can remember being in Timmins when I was a kid. We had uh, family friends, the Perfect Caddy family, uh, when we lived in Belleville, and they had family up in Timmins, and we went to a big Italian wedding in Timmins, and oh my gosh, Italian weddings are just amazing. And <laughs> oh eat, yes, they are. Eat for days, and mm-hmm. you know it was just great. But I can remember because we were just kids, but being outside as kids playing, and something came flying across the the sky and it it, it it seemed to light up the big pine tree where we right where it seemed so close and I know it wasn't really close but it was I it's like whoa what was that that was so cool um but yeah it's it's nice you know where we live it's a little darker out there uh, not as many street lights so we can sit out there around the fire tonight actually no we wouldn't have the fire on just sit on the deck and be able to catch, be a, catch a few glimpses mm-hmm. of what's going on out there um Woohoo, physics nerd, all the ladies love me, says Trevor. Is Coach a real person or one of those imaginary people? I have seen him. I can confirm he's real. He is real. Oh, and Trevor says, I'm sorry you're incorrect. It's not friction. It's the compression of the atmosphere that causes the heat. Well, he said friction. Yeah, whatever. And maybe he just was making it it's simple. simple. Keeping, he yeah. was using the kiss principle for me. But yeah. thank you for correcting that. Yeah, thanks, Trev. And, he's that, and that's what he said. Yeah, he's calling himself a... Uh, a physics nerd. And he said, oh, by the way, your producer said 60 kilometers an hour, but it's more like 60,000 kilometers an hour. <laughs> I thought that might have been a little slow, but that's oh, okay. Yeah. I missed a couple zeros. Numbers are hard. Math's hard. <laughs> Math's really hard. I was writing fast when he was telling me. Okay, let's uh, let's do this. Oh, yeah, well, so it goes. Yeah, so it goes. Supposed to play at the Folk Festival last night. Uh, he, along with uh, the Decemberists, of course, uh, didn't get to take the stage at the Folk Festival. You heard probably what happened. Yeah, those uh, those big winds came through uh, Gallagher Park. Um, the wind speeds about up to 60, 70 kilometers an hour, and they they ended up evacuating the park. Very orderly, and thank you for heading. Good evening. Folk Fest was evacuated tonight. Well, that was the wrong thing. Here, let's try this. Folks, thank you for being very orderly, and thank you for heading to the top of the hill. We've been asked, should we take our tarps? Take your tarps, because they're going to turn into flying carpets pretty soon. What if I hadn't made the call and someone got killed? You wouldn't, you know, you, you can't, you don't know what the, what's going to happen with the weather, so you have to go with the best advice you have at the time. So, you know, those weather calls are, you just can't second guess yourself on them. That's Terry Wickham, the producer of the Folk Festival. Yeah, and it was, it was quite uh, remarkable to watch the video uh, from that last night. I know there was some news outlets that oh, they, they had to run for cover. They weren't really running for cover. They were just, they picked up their tarps and off they went. It was, uh, it was a, a good process. So kudos to everyone involved with that. But yeah, so I guess, 
uh, was it Shaky Graves? And uh, one of them ended up being uh, going over to um, is it the vinyl on Jasper and uh, and playing there last night, which was really, really cool, and they live-streamed it as well. So what they're saying that um, they, they had to evacuate for uh, for everyone's safety, and um, there will be refunds. There will be refunds. So what they're saying is the site was evacuated after two performances on the main stage, and patrons will only receive a refund for Thursday night's tickets, but not weekend passes. Details on how the refunds will be rolled out are still to come. Uh, yeah, Shaky Graves and the Decemberists uh, will be invited back next year. Uh, apparently a video screen and a tent were damaged, but no injuries were reported, thank goodness. Um, yeah, so Folk Festival, if you're at that one. <laughs> Uh, the Needle Vinyl Tavern, that's what it is. I knew there was a vinyl in there. The Needle Vinyl Tavern. Yeah, that's a great little spot if you've uh, not been to it on, on Jasper on Jasper Avenue. Um, pretty good restaurant, but they have a, a, a live stage area. And in the back, there's another whole open area for um for for the audience and performances. Yeah, it's, oh, nice. it's a really cool spot. Yeah, definitely check it out. It was on... Um, one of the stops on the um, the chicken walk. Oh, right. That day. Love your chicken walk. I still need to try northern chicken. Yeah, yeah, you do. But yeah, the chicken walk. Um, one day, uh, we're going to do it again. But that was the day. Remember back in the wintertime, and it was like 15 degrees out. It was a freakishly warm day, and we ended up um, walking uh, from the top of Jasper all the way down to, and all the way around to like 124th and 107th. We had a blast that day, stopping at all these different places uh, along along the way. And when we started, it was daylight. <laughs> I don't think we got home till about eight or nine at night. But yeah, check it out. There's some uh, some pretty cool um, uh, different restaurants, pubs, that sort of stuff opening up on Jasper Avenue. Make sure that you have a reliable way to get home, though, right? Uh, Three twenty-seven on the six thirty Chad afternoon news. We'll take a quick break here. Hey, Kieran, uh, Kieran, TJ, out in uh, Summerside. Thank you. Have a great weekend as always. What are you guys up to this weekend? What are you doing? Are you doing the Folk Festival? Are you going camping? It's going to be gorgeous. We'll have the latest coming up. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.